Have you ever experienced something so crippling in your life that has made you feel broken? I have. Are you someone who has a giving heart but is struggling to feel good themselves? Are you consistently putting your needs aside to take care of everyone else? If so, you're not alone. Giving starts with giving to yourself so that you are able to give of yourself to other people. Isn't it time you took back control and discovered what makes you tick? Join me in my journey and find out how you can feel better about yourself, live your best life, and share that with others. Thinking of yourself, it doesn't make you selfish. It makes you brave. I'm Nelia, and this is the Giving Starts With You podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Giving Starts With You podcast. I'm your host, Nelia Hutt. Thank you again for listening and coming to experience um, a beautiful conversation with another new friend, Amy Wong, we have here today. Hi, Amy, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great today. Thank you, Nelia. <laughs> That's great. Um, I love meeting new people and, you know, just speaking with Amy for a few moments, she's, you can tell how passionate she is about what she does and, and how she wants to help you know, help human beings and help, help the world. So I'm so happy that she's agreed to come on the show. Um, so Amy Wong, she's the founder of Always On Purpose. She's an executive leadership coach, author, and facilitator working with organizations such as Salesforce, Roku, LinkedIn, and more. So that's amazing, right? Right there. Um, she has a passion for helping people discover meaningful joy and satisfaction in their lives, break free from the fear and fake perceptions, and embody their fullest potential. She thrives on helping others live and lead on purpose. Oh my God, I love this so much. Amy is on a mission to raise the consciousness of the planet and help others get off the proverbial hamster wheel achieving peace of mind and living with true intention. And that's what this show is all about. So warm welcome, everybody. Here's Amy. So Amy's from, uh, you're in San Francisco? Yes, well, I'm in the Bay Area. I'm specifically in Berkeley, California. But yeah, San Francisco is just right over the water there. <laughs> yeah. I'm in Canada. So sometimes my map isn't, you know, in my mind exactly where things are. But uh, that sounds great. Such a pleasure to have you today. Thank you. So, Amy, we have so much to talk about. I know we want to speak to the listeners today about self-doubt versus doubt. Where does yeah. that come from? And I know we want to speak about some insecurities that we have. And there's just so many things that I think are really going to benefit the listener today. Mm. But why don't we start? I just want to jump right in and get to know you a little bit better. How did you get on the path of what it is that you do today about trying to live on purpose. Yeah. So I, I am so lucky because I was born to incredibly loving parents and I just unconditional love. And my mom and my grandmother are very quite met metaphysical. And, you know, for all of my childhood, I remember some of my most meaningful experiences and the ones that I craved were sitting at the dinner table with my mom and my grandma talking about consciousness, talking about existence, talking about manifestation, talking about just 
how, like, what is this mystery called life? And I mean, I've, I would just feel so alive. And so that was a part of me all of my life. And what's interesting is my passions led me to fall in love with the search for truth and how that showed up in the first part of my life was I became obsessed with all things mathematics and music. So I ended up majoring in math at Berkeley. I ended up quite technical and I worked at Sun Microsystems for 10 years back in the day. And um, I, you know, I, I had, I found myself, I was always fascinated with observing how people were perceiving and just in, in my work in mathematics. And I, I did a lot of teaching of mathematics. I, I was fascinated by this idea that there was stuff that people didn't know that they didn't know. Mm. And I lived for discovering that and helping them discover on their own what it was that they didn't know that they didn't know because that's when growth happens. Because, you know, when you think about it, if all that could be known is in this big pie, right? And what you know is this tiny, tiny, tiny sliver of all that could be known. And then what you don't know, you know, what you don't know is like maybe this much bigger, exactly. there's all this stuff you don't know that you don't know. And so I lived for that. And I was quite aware of that in the first part of my life, but it wasn't, and, and I, and I, to be fair, like successful, I got married. I have an amazing husband. We've been married almost 16 years now. Like life was great. And on paper, my life was fantastic, mm. but there was always this feeling like, like I was on the search for something and knowing that I was like, I love truth. I love truth. I love something more meaningful. And I didn't quite know what it was, but it wasn't until the birth of my first child, who's now 13, that my goodness, what a wake up call, mm. total breakdown and breakthrough. And what his birth really showed me was that I was not really attending to all of who I was. And I didn't know in one, like, how would I go and begin to answer this question? Like, who am I? If I'm not this, my title, my job, if I'm not this and my life isn't about climbing the ladder here in tech, then who the heck am I? And so um, what happened was in, just in this breakdown, breakthrough, truly it was, I call it a divine download because I don't know what else to call this, but it was a moment where in my, just, it was, I was in surrender because I just didn't know how to think about, navigate any of what I was feeling. And I was hit with this amazing insight that changed me in a moment. Mm. And that insight was, Amy, you're going about it all wrong. It's not about figuring it out. It's about feeling it out. Mm, I love that so much. Wow. Oh my goodness. I mean, and we, and, and, and it hit me and every cell in my body completely reorganized. And it was almost as if the veil had been lifted from my perception. And I finally saw clearly, oh my gosh, I get it. And what I, and, and in short form, what I saw was, oh my gosh, we are conditioned. We are trained to follow the formula, mm -hmm. do what you're told, get the good grades, get through school, go to a good college so you can get a good job so you can make a certain amount of money so you can get the house with the white picket fence and the da, 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 and then you'll be happy and so we are completely conditioned to follow this thing and not follow our feeling thinking it's going to take us somewhere but here's the thing all of us there's not one human that is is an exception to this everything we want everything we think we want 
whether it's the job or the time, it's not for the thing. It's, it's because we think it's going to make us feel a certain way. <laughs> it's so true. And we completely don't even think about it that way. It's lost on us. And we just get so caught up on the thing. And so that's what it means to figure it out. You're going to figure out how to get the thing to the thing, to the thing, to the thing, when there's no map to the feeling. And so that's why, and I saw, oh my gosh, I was figuring it out, following the formula, but I was hollow. And so really how this all started was with that insight immediately, wow, then that means if I feel this out, then I must follow my inspiration. I must follow what makes me feel like this versus, huh, that's a good idea, which are very different, you know, experiences. And in that commitment, oh my gosh, really everything changed. changed. Everything. And it was almost as if the universe said, oh, walk, here you go, lit path. It was the most effortless and it's been the most, truly it's been, I, I honestly get to say I live a miracle every day, just walking down this path of feeling. And mm-hmm. so here's the biggest gift I have given myself, which is, um, and I'm so blessed for this because to, to step into that, to step into that way of navigating is huge. It's, it's, it, it takes a lot of faith and trust and it takes a lot of courage and you know, I was at that apex moment where I was like, okay, well, well then what feels amazing. So here I am, I'm pure mathematics major, not even apply, like pure. Like oh, math, thinker. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know where my feeling led me to was, oh my gosh, I must study transpersonal psychology. This is amazing. And you know, my husband, when I told him this is like, I have to get, I have to get my master's in this. And he goes, what are you going to do with that? And I'm like, I don't know, but it just feels amazing. And he's like, are you even licensed for anything? And I'm like, nope, (laughs) I just need to go study it. And he's like, I think that might be okay. So that, that taking that big risk to follow my feeling was truly, that's, that's how it all began. And it's just, it's proven over and over and over that the path of feeling it out is truly the path of thriving, the path of abundance and joy. Oh, what a beautiful gift. Because I know sometimes we see things, but we don't feel confident enough and we don't want to take the risks in following it, right? Oh, so, yeah. so great that that you allowed yourself that, that beautiful gift. Yeah. And like you said, it's transformed you, right? Gone from thinker, mathematics, to yeah. doing that and feeling. Because I think oh, yeah. you're so right in what you say about... Um, we're all looking for that, you know, that one thing that's mm-hmm. going to give us all those good feelings, you know, yeah. but we never appreciate life as we go. Right. And it's tragic because we're missing so much. Oh, well said. Yeah, we are. We're really missing so much. And we we're talking that's earlier true. about how I believe life is so short and we're just wishing it away. You know, even a simple thing, like people who work nine to five, Monday to Friday, they're wishing away the week for two days. Yeah, you're essentially giving up five days of your life just to get those two days and they never can replace that time. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's so true. And you know, it's funny, I was just talking to a client about this this morning. It's about how this concept, it's like time is going by so fast. And something I have found is, you know, I think it goes by really fast when we have the habit of constantly be constantly rehearsing the future, Mm. when we are anticipating what's going to happen, what's going to happen, you know, or 
you know, we're kind of stuck in the past, rehashing the past, you know, so either I say it's either rehearsing or rehashing, rehearsing or rehashing. And for, and that's why life just passes you by. And then next thing you know, you're like, oh my gosh, my kid is like, an, a, a, like, whoa, you grow a whole foot. Like how'd that happen? And it's because we're not present to what's happening. And I, and what I, what I've experienced is that just taking on a practice of being present on a regular, just throughout your, throughout your day. Like, you know, if you, if you take a break to go get a glass of water, just stop and like, let your senses take in everything of that moment. Just drop into the right now with no thought. It's like, oh my gosh, there's so much here. And if you get really good at this, it's like all of a sudden you find like time doesn't feel like it's going by that fast. You're yeah. right. You're absolutely yeah. right. I love the way that you explained it because like, I do feel that the same way, but I've never heard it explained that way. And it may, it's so clear yeah. because it's true. Even if you're, you know, let's say you're working and you're like, okay, lunch is in an hour. Yeah. You know, and then, okay, it's there. And then, okay, right after work, I'm going to do this or right after this, I'm going to do. But if you spend, so if you spend an hour watching Netflix, for example, it yeah. goes fast. Oh my gosh. But if yes. you spend an hour, grab something warm to drink or whatever it is that you like, sit down and read a book. It seems yeah. the time does slow down. Oh my gosh. Completely. You know, I, it's, and I have the most interesting. So a couple of years, handful of years ago, my husband, my sweet dear husband surprised me for, I think it was our anniversary and it was a surprise trip to Las Vegas. And I'm like, oh, this sounds delightful. Just a, you know, like three day weekend. And um, you know, he owns restaurants and bars. And so like, we're all into the food scene and I'm so excited. Now for me, I, I wouldn't say that I'm the planner. Like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at being spontaneous, spontaneous. I like having things to look forward to, but I am neurotic about time. Like there's, I, that is my cross to bear here in this plant. Like I am like, I'm on time. I went to, okay, funny story. Went to Burning Man first time ever in 2007. And I was named on time which is like the most unsexy name you can get at Burning Man. I was like, on time, that's like, I don't want that name. So I'm neurotic about time. Yeah. And so this trip, my husband, he knows this about me. So he told me, he's like, you are not going to know anything about what, what we're about. You, you don't know we're going to stay. You don't know, like, you don't know when we're going to eat. You don't know where we're going to eat. I'm not going to tell you anything. You just show up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, can I do this? I have to tell you. It was the most divine, luxurious experience of my life because I wasn't anticipating. I was just present because I couldn't anticipate. And what was so fascinating was that typically a three-day weekend goes by fast. It felt so magical. And not only that, I have such vivid, amazing, detailed memories of that trip because I was so present, which is really incredible. So that told me, you know, if we really want to live on purpose, oh. it really requires being present, which means refusing to get caught in the cycle of what's coming, what's coming, what's coming. Let me rehearse. Let me rehearse. Let me rehash. Let me rehash, which takes a little bit of practice, but it really starts there. I love that so much. And since we're talking about it, your book, can you show us your book? It's oh, yeah. Coming. yeah. Of course. <laughs> it's, um, so this, you have a book that's coming yeah, out. There it is. Look living how on purpose. So this is the, um, so this is, it's, it's not available yet. This is the advanced <laughs> reader copy, but it is 
pre you can pre-order on Amazon comes out March 22nd. Very exciting. Very Thank exciting. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very excited. Yeah. 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 So these, there are not many things that can slow down time. So living in the moment, as you pointed out, is one of them. What are some of the other benefits that you would say? I mean, I know there's so many, but oh, yeah. what, what would you say are the obvious ones or you know, to living, living in the moment, living on purpose. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, I think presence and appreciation go hand in hand. And, you know, if, if, if you're, if you've been kind of into these conversations for a while, you, you're probably familiar that, you know, appreciation and gratitude are incredible practices for elevating our, our emotional states, elevating our vibration for elevating our, there's just, I feel like it's such a, it is such a, a beautiful practice and that in and of itself, just to experience and feel the experience of gratitude is a gift in and of itself. And when we're present, it's almost inevitable that you embody the experience of gratitude, right? Because so for example, I'm sitting here and I've got this, you know, my window looks outside and if I'm very present, and I just let my senses take in the moment, then I notice just how vivid those magnolia flowers are right there on that branch. And I notice just how orange those streaks of, uh, you know, from the sun, the, the almost setting sun, wow, that I wouldn't otherwise see if I wasn't present. And that experience just, it's, it's rapture, it's awe. And I don't think there's anything better as a human to experience. I love that so much. You know, color is something just because you're talking about color as well. It's something that I appreciate so much, mm. but something so easily forgotten, you know, like to be able to see color, like vibrant colors, the older I'm getting, I think I'm learning to appreciate. That's one of the things. So when you mentioned that, yeah. uh, it resonated with me, but it's so true. Um, you know, some people might think, oh, you're going to, you appreciate this and appreciate that. And yes, I feel great about my life and I do appreciate things. And, but, you know, we're talking about more than that. We're talking about appreciating and gratitude to a level where it moves you, you know, and the emotion comes into it again. That's right. And that's when change happens when you do connect your mind with your heart, right. With your mm -hmm. feelings. So I love that so much. There are so many benefits, so many benefits. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's why well, I love this topic. Oh, I do too. Well, I'll tell you, and you know, while we're on the topic of presence, something that I, you know, when we become super, when we become very present to what is, that's when we have the ability and the power to really choose how we interpret what is. Because when we're not present, we can let the stories take off. We can let you know, unintentional overlay of meaning take off. And, you know, and specifically what I'm thinking about is, you know, when, when, when life serves up lemons, you know, as we say, or when we inevitably it will, that's just life. You know, you're going to have the highs and your lows. It's, we live in a, the existence of duality, you know, high, just that's how it works. Mm -hmm. But when you're present, you can harness that choice point to really decide like, what does this mean? What is the gift in right now? What do I want to make of this? How do I want to learn from this? How do I want to grow from this? How do I, you know, how am I going to make sense of this in a way that actually I can see that this is on purpose for the whole path instead of just a crap moment right now that <clears throat> it's really annoying. It's like, how can this, how is this actually serving me? And, you know, part of living on purpose is really saying, you know, 
what if everything is for me instead of at me or against me? How could all of this be serving me in some way, shape, or form? That this is in service to my health and wholeness and my growth, even though it's really stinky and it's really icky and it's really painful. It's like, well, you know what? Like we don't grow in the light. We grow in the dark. Like all of it serves our growth. And so when we're present, we get to harness that moment to step into that frame, which is so much more fruitful and enjoyable than getting stuck in a narrative of resistance. No. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it can, it just everything, it can prevent, uh, you know, our bodies from deteriorating. It can, so many things it can cause, create calm for like, I'm, I'm a person um, who suffers from anxiety and depression and mm -hmm. it can be so calming to just, you know, watch things happen and not fight them and just let things be. But it's not everybody who you can convince that there are gifts in the trauma, right? It's so that's true. what we're trying to do. We're trying yeah, to show people true. that this is true. It's true. Um, you know, to take our word for it. <laughs> because yeah. it's hard to see that when you're in, when you're oh, in yeah. the moment. Yeah. Yeah. But there is, you can always find something, always. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's I uh it's one of those things where for the little upsets and for the, for the instances in which, you know, they're unideal things. It's not hard to be like, I can see where the gift in that is. Right. But for the really big stuff, that's where it can get challenging, you know, and that I think is where the gift of time comes in because at some point we're going to be able to look back and have perspective. And so I think commiserate to the intensity of the event is going to be, you know, the time required in order to really harvest that that gift yes you know? and we yeah. have to go through those times in order to experience the other side right yeah yeah amy why do you think so many of us are where do you think our insecurities come from wow you know, yeah. many of us yeah many of us just you know we have this belief about who we are but it's not truly what we believe it's what right. other people believe right why do you think that people are just so you know where do you think that comes from yeah yeah no thank you for that question i think this is one of the most important questions we need to be asking because that it's i mean self-doubt is the biggest limiter of possibility mm. it is the single-handedly one the, the the thing that gets in the way of 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 us thriving it's the thing that gets in the way. And it's like, where does that come from? Well, in a bigger, you know, conversation, I, I like to frame it up this way. So, you know, here we are, we're human. And as mammals, we're pretty unique, you know, us human, like we have a brain structure that is unique to the other mammals. And, you know, and I'll, and I'll just show you real quick, because I think it's yes. show you here on, on the screen. But when we're born as a human, we are born survival brain dominant. So this prefrontal cortex, this part, this blue part, this doesn't start developing until adolescence and it's not fully formed until your mid twenties. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's fine. That's just what it means to be human. No problem. But think about the implications here. Okay. So when you're born, you're hardwired to survive. And most of your critical brain development happens outside of your mother's womb, which means you're necessarily dependent on your caregiver for the first couple of years of life. So when you kind of add all this up together, mm. fact number one, hardwired to survive when you're born. Fact number two, need mom to survive. Hmm. 
So think about what death means to the brain. Mm. We tend to think, oh, it's lack of food, water, and shelter. And while that's not great, that's not entirely triggering to the brain when you come out of the womb. What's triggering is, oh my gosh, mom's not buying in. So mm. what I like to start this conversation with is death to the human brain is rejection. And that is a wiring that exists in all of us from the moment we are born to the day that we die. And in fact, rejection as an experience registers as physical pain in the brain, unlike any other emotion. And so, you know, you think about what's going on here. All of us are hardwired to avoid all forms of rejection. Now, when you, what, like, what is rejection? Humiliation, judgment, isolation, lack of belonging you know, snide comments, any form of disapproval is felt like rejection. Mm -hmm. So I'm sharing this because, you know, in our young years, in our very, very early years, we have a primal directive to stay in connection with our caregivers, you know, and us humans, we live complex lives. And it's usually in our younger years, something happens, right? And it can be rather benign, or it can be unfortunately, pretty pretty negative, but the truth is something happens. M you know, mom brought home little sister from the hospital and didn't read you a bedtime story, you know, for the first time ever, or, you know, mom forgot to pick you up from daycare, or I don't know, like it's, it's, it's to an adult looking at the event. It's just life, you know? And so we don't think too much of it, but to a child who has no ability to understand fact from fiction, who understands delayed gratification, who understands irony and sarcasm, who, who cannot comprehend the complexities of life like an adult, the brain takes that event of perceived rejection and it's as triggering as death because the brain can't differentiate between social threats and environmental threats. To the brain, it's the same. And so in that moment, and so here's my belief, my hypothesis, and I, I write about this in my book. It's our first experience of significant perceived rejection that we literally go through this experience where, oh my gosh, I've got to protect myself. The brain goes, I got to protect you from this forevermore. You didn't die. Thank God you didn't die this time. But my goodness, this can't happen again. So how do we protect you from this happening again? I got to look out for something. Well, that means you got to decide something about yourself. You must not be good enough. And so we imprint a false limiting belief in order to make sense of perceived rejection. And that right there, it's a belief we take on. And it makes sense because the brain's like, okay, well, great. Let's put these lenses on. You're not good enough right? Because that's a, what a belief is. A belief is just a pair of lenses you look through, but now with the, I'm not good enough, boom, now everything is colored through that lens. And so this is its way of protecting you. So you're going to avoid this and you're going to go for this and you're going to like this and you're not going to like, it's, it's just the way in which we protect ourselves. And right there is the birth of self-doubt. It's just this taking on of a false limiting belief in order to make sense of that experience. Yeah. And, you know, and here's the, in the bigger story and I'll pause there is we spend almost all of our life trying to keep others from finding this out because <laughs> That's so true. rejection, which maps to death. And so we are doing anything we can 
to prevent others from finding out that we're not good enough, because if they do, then they'll reject us, which means we will die. And so, you know, unchecked, it drives almost all of our behavior. And that right there is the mechanism of doubt, the mechanisms of self-doubt, the need to protect ourselves, to stay safe from rejection. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like, at the moment we feel the rejection, it's like, what's wrong with me? We automatically blame ourselves. It must be us. You know, it must be, I was, I'm not lovable enough. Why did she leave me at, you know, the daycare or a little bit too long or why it's, it's tough. We're so hard on ourselves, but yes, it makes sense. The way that you're, you're explaining it to us. It's, it's fantastic. And then what do we do with that? You know, mm. how do we, how do we stop? How do we stop mm doubting ourselves so much and and start believing you know i'm more than this and i'm not going oh, yeah. to listen i'm not going to listen to other people you know at what point in our lives do we do we start to question some of these things you know um i don't think we can live um our life out intentionally without without um giving that some space you know without yeah. really confronting that because yeah. we could be going our whole lives thinking that these things are true based on how other people treat us or what other people think. But to actually sit down and have a conversation with ourselves to break down these beliefs, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's, I think this is the most important work we can do hmm. because what we're really talking about is, is really the beginning of true self-love. And you know, what I've decided is that mo I, I can't think of any human that escapes this process we're talking about, you know, <laughs> having to navigate perceived rejection. And maybe it does exist in, you know, rural communities in Nepal. I'm not sure. But, <laughs> but from what I've experienced, most of us imprint a negative belief. But what, where we begin the path of self-love and where we start to get over this is one, recognize and have compassion for the fact Wow, I took this on to survive an event, mm. whether it be benign or or not. I had I had to imp I took this on in order to make sense of it to protect myself. Okay, logically get that, but then that means that there's something true underneath all the fears and false beliefs I've taken on in order to survive the world, mm. and so that's where we have to go is is really that that exploration. And the willingness to just decide that underneath the fear and false beliefs that we've layered on as a result of our experiences, underneath that is a being that is unconditionally whole and complete. Because guess what? We are each born whole and complete. All of us. Mm -hmm. All of us are born whole and complete. And then life gives us scenarios in which we then decide we're not <laughs> to make sense yes. of it. But it's not that it's true. We are whole and complete. And so something that I, you know, when I'm working with folks or this is a part of the conversation, I'll, I'll ask, I'll say, you know, right now with me, I want you to decide who's the you, what are the qualities that make you, you, what is your essence that is you that separates you from me, but is rooted in truth. That is not a fear. That is not a story that is beneath and before all of your fears and false beliefs. Who's the you that makes you you that's rooted in truth and loving consciousness? Not 
not a fear. Give me the raw ingredients, not all the spice and all the extra fluffy stuff. Right. But that's not a story. You know, is it love? Is it compassion? Is it creativity? Is it strength? Is it wisdom? Is it you? But here's the best part. You decide. (laughs) And and whatever you want to say, guess what? That's got to be true because why else would you want it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I know that you absolutely dislike when people refer to each other as broken. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, I, it's, I mean, when you just, I mean, when you think about that, when someone says, oh Mm. gosh, he's broken, she's broken, I'm broken. It just, it hurts to hear Mm. because I mean, it just, it means that there's just so much pain that it's wrong. It implies that we're wrong. Mm. And, you know, I can, I can, I can look out at the world and I can see individuals and I can see that individuals are suffering and I can see that individuals are gripped by a false belief of their unworthiness or inadequacy. And in that gripped experience, they might be creating a reality that is not great, but that doesn't mean they're broken at the core. They're whole and complete. They've just forgotten. Mm. They've just forgotten and they've become swept into this whole reality that they're not enough as a result of that belief they've taken on. And so they're surviving that reality. But as long as we keep saying that we're broken, we'll never give ourselves permission to claim what is true. Well, what is true? We're on, we're on, we're whole and complete. Mm. It's such a terrible label, isn't it? It is. Any label, you know, there's a lot of, I think there's a lot more negative labels than there are positive ones sometimes. But broken to me, it's almost like when you refer to somebody like that, it's like they're beyond repair. That's right. You know, life is just, there are experiences that affect us and create, you know, if this is where our opinions and our perceptions come from. And I love that they're different for each one of us. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody, like you said, nobody gets away with not having pain. Right. No. Right. Yeah. And, and, and the gifts that we can bring from that. Yeah. It, you know, when you said that earlier about, about disliking that, that term broken, I, I'm like, yeah, I don't think, you know, I've used that before mm-hmm. and I'm going to be more aware now and more conscious of why not to use it, because I think it does paint this picture that's irreversible. Yeah. And, and yeah. So thank you. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. You're so welcome. Yeah. You know, the, the, I mean, just what it is for me is like, oh, wow. You know, oof, they really must be suffering from believing something not true about themselves. <laughs> that's what, that's the replacement for me. You know, I was like, oh. It's just, yeah, yeah, you know, believing what people, believing people's perception of who we are is so um, destructive Mm -hmm. to who we are. And if we don't, you know, do some of the things that you're suggesting and we don't really take that time to love ourselves, it can be something that lasts our whole life. And it's very, you know, I think the longer we let it happen to us, the more difficult it is to separate who we really are from what other people think we are you know Mm -hmm. you were talking earlier about how sometimes uh, we do things to protect ourselves when we're in trauma and we're in things and those are times where you know we have to do those things to protect ourselves but then so many of us me included so many of us are now outside of that particular trauma but we still hold on to that 
you know, I'm still trying to protect myself. At some point we need to let it go. Yeah. Move on from that feeling, you know, and that's what happened with me. It took me 12 years to, to begin Mm -hmm. to grieve. And I just got stuck in that, you know, and I don't want to say they were wasted years because I learned a lot. So no time is wasted, but if we can, you know, help everybody live, you know, more in the moment and always Mm -hmm. with intention and purpose, I think, um, there will be less time, I guess, wasted is not a good word, but, you know, more time on the things that really give us joy and happiness and just make our lives more what we want them to, like, what do we want for ourselves? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, Neely, I I completely agree. And (laughs) folks are jumping off the shelf. (laughs) (laughs) Listening to us. I know, it's so exciting. You know, to to be very transparent, I mean, I'm I'm no expert on trauma. And um, I am very fascinated and passionate about understanding it. Mm. And if it's helpful, I, I have, if Gabor Mate, I, you might be familiar with, he is, he is, the, is just truly, I mean, one of the bril- most brilliant minds on the topic of trauma mm-hmm. and his documentary, The Wisdom of Trauma has come out recently. It is so wonderful. Yeah. Highly recommend it to you yes. and anyone, you know, consuming this right now. I, yeah. I just, very touching on all levels the wisdom of trauma as a documentary i think you might have to google it i don't know if it's on streaming just yet but you might be able to access it so do you want to tell us a little bit about the courses that you offer people because i think you would be great to work with and i think people would really um benefit a lot and learn so much about themselves and and who they are and just live live a better life Oh, thank you so much. So currently, um, so I do work primarily with organizations and I haven't, I haven't released a ton of public courses currently, but right, right now at this moment, I I do instruct at Stanford continuing studies, which is open to the public, which is fantastic. And so I, I teach, um, workshops and courses there and it's all in service to thriving. So if this is interesting to anybody, I would recommend, please, you know, go to alwaysonpurpose.com and sign up on the, you know, to, to be informed because I let people know when those courses are released. I'd say definitely buy the book because it's, yes. it's a roadmap, you know, so the book's called Living on Purpose and the subtitle is Five Deliberate Choices to Claim the Life. Well, actually, no, we publisher changed it. Five Deliberate Choices to Realize Fulfillment and Joy. Originally, I wanted it to be five deliberate choices to claim the life you were born to live, but we changed it. But I, I just, I, I so believe in this book and I am very excited about, you know, how can help people move from creating and succeeding by accident to truly living the life that they love on purpose and it's five perceptual shifts that allow us to do that. So the book really steps steps people through that. Um, but also, I would just say, you know, to stay in touch, just sign up because I will be releasing certain online courses in the in the near future. Just nothing's available just yet, but that's, okay. that's to come. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I just is there anything we didn't? I feel like we we covered so much, but I feel like there's still so much to talk about because I love these topics. Um, is there anything we didn't talk about today, Amy, that you wanted to share with us? Oh boy, I mean, pick anything <laughs> out of a hat. It'd be great to talk about. Yeah, I know, know. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I just, what about like trust? Like to trust oh. ourselves. Um, 
Yeah, so, I find that, is, that that is a big topic in my world. <laughs> All things trust. Yes. It's, yes. it's tough. It's tough because again, it's all based on our experiences, whether we trust or whether we don't or how we do it or how we don't do it or, and yeah, it's just depending on the experiences we have, depending on all the, you know, whether you've had trauma, whether you haven't, all the things that appear in your life, it yeah. just makes us, I don't know, maybe a little bit more challenging to trust. Or I, I, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, it's, it's, Gosh, there's so much to this conversation. <laughs> and, you know, I think it's short form. If we want to get, if there's any interest or any desire to be good at trusting life, trusting ourselves, trusting the process, trusting what emerges, trusting our instincts, trusting, you know, those around us, if we want to get better at that, I think the muscle that allows us to do that is the same muscle. So when we talked about earlier, it's the same muscle to choose to extract and harvest the wisdom and the gift in each experience. Mm. Because if we can get really good at finding the meaning that serves us in all of the stuff that happens to and with and for us, mm -hmm. then it's much easier as life comes at you to begin to just recognize, okay, well, if I know a gift is coming, then chances are I'll be able to weather this. Chances are this is going to turn out okay. And I think that 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 getting good at it really finding the lesson, the life, the, the learning and appreciating that is going to help us move in the direction of more trust. You know, the thing that keeps coming up when you when you're telling us about all these things is just you need to really make it a priority to learn who you are and dissect mm -hmm. all those things because. I think moving through all these, you know, moving through giving to yourself and moving through the self-doubt and these insecurities and trust and all these things, they can't take place unless you start, even if it's just a small start, you know, have a little crack. Um, don't be afraid of what's going to happen, of what's going to show up. Sometimes it's not until you get to the really tough stuff. Yeah that it starts to open up, you know, and you know, you're getting close when it's just there, right? Like it's just on the edge. Yeah. So I just, you know, I invite everybody who's listening to, to just try it, you know, don't be afraid of what comes up because honestly, once you do get through those tough things and those tough, those tough moments that you have to face um, and, and you can live more in the moment, it's just, you start to feel these things that you didn't know you could feel. Mm, mm, yeah. You no, know, it just, it's like, you know, if you're a mom, for example, you were talking about when you had your, your son, yeah. when you think, you know, what it's going to feel like <laughs> until it happens. And then you're like, wow, I can really like, I have so much more than I thought I had to give. Right. Or if you don't have children and it's something different, it's mm -hmm. almost like, I don't know. I don't feel like you can be completely alive until you test yourself on these things. That's why it's so important, these topics, because for many years, I lived in the darkness where I didn't challenge myself. Mm. And I know how awful that feels. Mm. I know mm. how, like, it's just so now life just feels like limitless and mm. more and open and more freeing and so much better. 
you know, honestly, like it, it just feels so different and it's almost like, we just want to shout out to all those people that maybe are a little bit hesitant to do the work because, oh, you know, do it and then look back and you're going to be like, oh, my life, this is like amazing. It's sort of like, you know, when you see these people and they look through the different lenses, like you were saying, and you have these rose colored glasses, you know, or people who are colorblind. And then you see these things where these videos and these experiences where then they see color. Yeah. It's just like something better than what you thought. Oh, and you just don't know it until you do it. That's right. That's right. And, you know, I, I, I so appreciate that. And, you know, what I'm just reminded of is that, you know, if we go through extremely hard traumatic times, and if we experience things that are truly, you know, dark, mm. you know, we do live in a world of duality, which means that there is an equal, I mean, to the degree of the darkness mm. means on the other side of this is the extreme experience of bliss and, 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 and light. And, and, you know, I have all these ways of thinking about it, you know, like a pole vaulter, right? Mm. A pole vaulter, if you know how they yes. work, they have to get, in order to get really high and clear the bar, they have to get really low. Mm. And if they don't get low enough, they won't get high enough. And so if, if there's a fear in moving through it, I would just say what's on the other side is grand because mm. there is an equal but opposite experience waiting And that's just how it works. That's just how life works, you know? Thank you so much for saying that. Um, Yeah, you know, for me, there, I have two different types of people in my life. And I guess in the world, there are those that are, you know, with their heart like me. So everything, you can see everything on their sleeve. And people that are more reserved with their feelings. And I just, and not one is better than the other. Nice. <laughs> they all have their gifts and everything. But I just feel that the more open we are to experiences, the lower our lows and the higher our highs because mm-hmm. we feel more. Mm-hmm. So when you say about the the pole, you know, I, I see that as a visual because it's yeah. so like I really believe that. And I think if you allow yourself to experience more, um, yeah, it just I don't know. We realize that we have a huge capacity for experiences, which means we're resilient. Which wow, we're always have the same the right words, but I know, like it's just in here, you know. (laughs) I feel it, but it's even you know. I live in Canada, and people are like, "Oh, you must hate the snow," and I think I really do hate the snow. (laughs) I can't appreciate the summer until I have the snow. Oh, there it is. There it is. I I just can't. I love. I don't know if I could live somewhere where it's the same all year and I like the change so it's not that I like the snow or I like the you know I just like having the variety and and maybe that's why I live here but but um I mean and doesn't it I mean it just really invites you to an appreciation that you wouldn't otherwise have if the contrast wasn't there exactly you know I mean I don't know if this is helpful to share but I um in my adolescence I unfortunately fell to a really horrible eating disorder. And it was really, really bad. Mm. And it lasted for a very long time. And it was, I mean, it's amazing to me when I think back to my high school and college years, I honestly don't know how I did so well academically. I was 
so gripped by this disorder and so sick and really so miserable. Mm. Um, and so I have, you know, having had that experience, I know, I know self-imposed darkness and it's not like, and I'm not being hard on myself, self-imposed. I mean, but it's, I, I know, I know the depths of darkness, you know, where you're on death's door practically. And you're like, I don't even know if it's worth continuing on, but here's, here's the irony. You know, you do the work and you see it and you find the gift and you heal. I'm now married to a chef, an executive chef, <laughs> a restaurant owner. Our life is food and entertaining. And, you know, it's, and it's funny because people that have known me all my life that know this, they just think this is the funniest thing. But to me, it's, it makes perfect sense because I'm in a constant state of gratitude and a constant state of awe and appreciation. And I wouldn't, I don't think I would have that level of presence and gratitude, appreciation and investment in the world that my husband is in and the world that we create together around food and communing. And I, I just, I don't know if I would have mm. that, that presence with it. And to me, that's worth everything. And if you, if, if someone would say, would you go back and take that away? And it's absolutely not mm. as hard as that was, it's made me who I am. And I have so much appreciation for who I am as a result of, of coming on the other side. Cause again, is to the, to the degree that it gets dark is to the degree it gets light. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's of course. beautiful. It's yeah. so true. And sometimes we don't see it till we're outside of the pain, but mm -hmm. let's do the work. You know, if, if, if you're listening out there and you're listening to Amy and I talk, um, even if you're not the person, maybe you do live in the moment already, and maybe um, you've got a grip on living on purpose. But maybe sometimes you might be the person who's judging, or you might be the person who's imposing your opinions on other people. You know, maybe you're on the other side and not necessarily the person that we're talking about today. But if you are, maybe just take a step back and take a pause and realize what that can do to somebody, mm -hmm. you know, because I think we both have, I think, I know for me, I have been both people you know, in my life, mm -hmm. I, I'm not perfect. And I have, you know, mm -hmm. opinions on others and, and maybe judged at points in my life. And I think we all do sometimes. But if we realize what it can do to us, you know, I think um, it can be a beautiful thing and things can really turn around. So yeah, well said. Yeah. <laughs> Amy, thank you so much for, for coming on here and sharing, you know, your personal story as well as your professional story. And just, I love when people like you are so passionate about changing people's lives and the way that they live. Because to me, there isn't anything more important um, than that, you know, yeah. so I really appreciate all the work that you're doing and for taking time out to come on here and, and oh, share with us today. And congrats on your books. I can't <laughs> wait for it to come out. That's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, March 22nd can't come soon enough. <laughs> Thank <laughs> no, you. That's awesome. Thank you so much again. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Likewise. <laughs> Thank you, Nelly. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe or leave a review. See you next week on the Giving Starts With You podcast.